This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcaletrail.ca. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. If this is your first time here listening to this podcast, welcome. I sure hope you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Then that way, you'll never miss an episode. And if you enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends. It really helps support this podcast series. A region that has seen some major development in recent years is Kelowna, British Columbia. Located in the Okanagan Valley, Kelowna has seen growth in not only the craft beer community in recent years, but also vineyards, tourism, and technology. A newcomer onto the scene, and who just celebrated their first year opening, are Vice and Virtue Brewing. Oh, ooh. Uh, my name is Matt Jewell. I'm the general manager at Vice and Virtue Brewing in Kelowna. And my name is James Windsor, and I am the brewmaster here at Vice and Virtue. All right. So, Vice and Virtue in Kelowna. It is hot out there today when we're, we're taping this. Um, but uh, where exactly are we in the Kelowna area here for somebody who hasn't really been here before? Um, so, we're in the uh, north end of Kelowna. So, we're just north of downtown um, in the light industrial area, halfway between downtown and Knox Mountain Regional Park. And uh, how long have you been open for? Uh, since July last year. So, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. Cool. What's the date on that? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> July 6th, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, so, something yeah, like that. It's kind of a blur, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the long weekend. It was the week after. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So my favorite question to ask, uh, and it goes to both of you, uh, how did beer find you? You can go first on that one if you like. How did beer find me? Yeah. Well, um, obviously, you... uh, <laughs> through my heritage, beer is a big part of the culture that I uh, grew up in. Um, Do you want me to tell you my terribly awful Australian beer joke? You might I, as well. I would like That's to hear it. it. Okay. <laughs> Why do Queenslanders have four X on their beer? No idea. I have no idea. They can't spell beer. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Pretty good. <laughs> Being for Victoria, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Now Melbourne's my favorite spot, so. Yeah, so I'd say, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like I, I always remember being a kid, being around sports clubs, being around like pubs, growing up in small country towns where the pub was like the uh, hub of the community and the sports club and stuff like that. Um, and then in my later years, you know, as the as I traveled a little bit and started exploring a little bit through um, like wine and then and then sort of getting into craft beer, did some trips through uh, the Pacific Northwest down to Oregon, Washington and so on and so forth. The beautiful Cascadia. Yeah, man. Like, and... Uh, yeah, that's what it really, really hit me that I wanted to, uh, at that point I'd been in Kelowna for a while and I wanted to come back and do something here. Mm -hmm. So I started home brewing and got a group of friends together and then, yeah, we decided it was time to uh, open our little brewery here in the North End. So. Did, uh, did you get a Cooper's kit as your home brew kit as your first one? <laughs> no, funny enough, actually, uh, one of our um, really good mates is uh, 
uh, got a little brewery down in Melbourne and he was working here as a winemaker. So we were like watching him doing some homebrew and getting involved and drinking his homebrew. And then he actually left to start his brewery and his homebrew kit was sitting around. So we decided to fire it up Mm -hmm. in my little shed in my backyard and... That's kind of uh, where we went. We went full grain from the beginning. I started built a little uh, full herms like mash tun with recirculating, and, uh, and then we we're just fermenting in my basement. Just went kicked on from there. Um, I'm trying to think of my earliest beer memory. Probably goes back to um, going to the LCBO with my father as a child, mm-hmm. and he would take an exuberant amount of time picking through the various imported versions of lagers. Right. He was pretty picky about them, but I think they're all slowly getting purchased by AB InBev mm-hmm. and turned into mass-produced lagers. Uh, and I started collecting uh, beer coasters sometime around when I was like 12, I think. I think I started drinking beer probably shortly after that and started falling in love with um, English pub beer, okay. uh, like the early nitro cans of like Guinness and uh, Boddington's and Kilkenny and things like that. And then just kind of always was just drinking every different type of beer style I could find, uh, but didn't think about turning it into a sort of a passion or career until um, I worked a, a vintage uh, making wine. My brother is a winemaker down in... Uh, I guess at the time it was a Soyuz, did that. I'm like, hey, making alcohol seems like a pretty good gig. And I was sick of the job I was working at the time. I started homebrewing shortly thereafter and uh, just totally fell in love with it. Uh, and then went to beer school and then have been working in the industry ever since. So then how did you two find each other then? <laughs> it's a pretty funny story, actually. Right. So um, said brother of James got word um, through some of my business partners who are in the wine industry that we were starting this project. And he actually... Yeah, he talked to my business partner, Dave, from Tantalus, and uh, he said, hey, man, are you looking for a brewer by chance? And at that point, we were kind of like realizing that the leap from the shed on the uh, five-gallon system to the 10-barrel the production thing might have been a little bit out of our reach. Now, a little ambitious. <laughs> a little ambitious. And yeah, our yeah. buddy who was our winemaker buddy who left here, he was sort of helping us consult, and he advised us to get a, a professional brewer. Pretty serendipitously, um, my other business partner, Matty Wenzel, was driving into Toronto at the time and I called him about this guy and gave him his number and um, Matty called me back about 15 minutes later, said, I'm going to meet the guy in an hour. He called me back about three hours later and said, he's the guy. Yeah, pretty pretty lucky um, at the time. Didn't, uh, didn't even taste beer from him. You're just... Yeah, my, oh, Matt, my, Matt my, 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 okay, my business okay. partner. <laughs> okay. My business partner isn't Matt. He's, 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 a, he's really well known in the wine industry here and he's a sommelier and he's the guy who really like get the got this got us going in the shed and really whipped us into really whipped the enthusiasm into shape so he was the right guy to to taste the beer while he was there so sweet yeah it was a pretty lucky timing um the sort of the the project i was working on um hadn't sort of come into fruition my partner at the time was pregnant and she's from bc so i always promised her when we started a family we would move out west Mm -hmm. and so my brother is like hey uh these really group of stand-up dudes are starting a craft brewery out here. You should probably take the job or at least apply for it, see what it's about. So I talked to them all via Skype and obviously met Matt over at um, Verse Sausage House in Toronto. And uh, he seemed like a great dude. And uh, we seemed to share our same concept of what we think beer should be. And then uh, these guys offered me the job. So I packed up my life and drove across the country uh, in the middle of January 
Best time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, didn't die. Yeah. Um, with, with, real, with in a, a real-wheel drive. With, with, with a newborn or a pregnant wife. At the pregnant time. wife. Right. Pregnant okay. wife so at the time and a dog. So yeah. Yeah, I just packed up everything and uh, moved out to BC. Okay. And then uh, we started uh, breaking ground on this place in March. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. All right. So, yeah. So that was my next question. Then, like, we're coming up to a year at the time of taping. So, like, what was that lead time then? from uh, breaking ground and then well actually yeah like so the le- well the project's like been in our minds like we've been like like chattering about it for a few years we're involved in the home brewers club here it's a really strong home brewers club here in the okanagan mm-hmm. okay brewers um mm-hmm. so got to meet a lot of really cool dudes <laughs> I mean, for that. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so just got to meet a lot of industry folk through that and yeah we you know the concept was going for a couple of years we were brewing and then we decided you know, we could see what was kind of what we say was coming over the mountain from Vancouver with like just you could see the amount of tap handles that were changing over in town. People's interest was spiking. B&A had fired up and they were really kick, you know, really like kicking goals. You know, Kettle River was like already ready to open up. Um, uh, you know, Tree Institute was up and running, which is the old uh, Dave, the old brewer from um, Tree Brewing here. Um, and we could see it coming. So we jumped on the project, finally got to break ground. It was actually February 12th when we broke ground on this like little 2000 square foot place. It's the first day that we sawed some, sawed some holes in the floor and we, yeah, kicked the doors open on uh, July 6th, something along those lines. So it was a pretty quick build. Yeah, that's, that's a very quick Super break. impressive. Uh, someone who's been a part of numerous brewery build outs. Uh, this was the fastest and most mm-hmm. efficient. Uh, I was, I was blown away when they're like, told me like, yeah, we're going to be open in uh, June or July. I'm like, probably next year but i didn't say anything okay, at the time june, june and july 2020 yeah <laughs> and then uh, lo and behold they just sort of blew through it and uh credit to these guys for putting the work in to get it done hey man you were here as well yeah putting that paneling up on that sea can yeah <laughs> not not my strong suit but uh, i did the best i could but you also had a brew house to build right so like what's the size of the system and all that that you got in there uh yeah well a 10 barrel system that we luckily got from uh, our good neighbors uh at cellar tech here but i'm sure matt can tell you about that relationship yeah, well, I, I, it involves his wife. Yeah, well, actually, the, the, the good thing is, is like this this um, brewery is in part of the Celatec building. My wife works for Celatec. They're okay. a brewery, winery, and um, cider and distillery supplier. Um, this actual so warehouse that we're a good in, good partner we're, to have. Yeah, yeah very good yeah. partner. It's really, yeah. really, really good support. I knew this space was sitting here. It's actually full of wine bottles that my wife couldn't sell at the time. Right. Funny enough. Um, so I had a bit of a chat with uh, Pete and Perry who owned the place and sort of got talking about the plan and they kind of gave us like really good handshake deal on the lease. And then, you know, as a reciprocating kind of relationship, we bought all the equipment off them. So uh, yeah, it worked out pretty good, man. So we ended up getting, yeah, the ten two two vessel, um, 10 barrel system and the six unis in here, single vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've actually just signed off on this week to actually upgrade to two double fermenters. So it's a big moment for us. Not right. even new one. We're already up, upgrading a bit, so it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Right. I'm in conversation with Vice and Virtue. Kelowna is a booming craft beer region of the province, and the best way to discover what else you can find is by visiting the bcaletrail.ca. The BC Ale Trail showcases many parts of the province, and on the website you'll find recommended itineraries for each region, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar with beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. 
All right, let's jump back into my conversation with Vice and Virtue. Cool. And then uh, what was the whole focus of the styles of beer that you wanted to approach? Because, I mean, we're sipping on some now and they're very lovely, but they are not your typical run-in-the-mill beers, I'd say. Right. Well, I'd say, like, I guess when we um, when we very first set out, we wanted to keep everything fairly simple. That was before we you know, knew we were going to, um, you know, hire a, a professional brewer. So, you know, we started out beers that were approachable, beers that we liked as well. So we started off with a Pilsner, a Pale Ale, a New England-style IPA, and then that red beer that you're drinking there, which has sort of quickly became our uh, signature beer, uh, uh, Raspberry Berliner Weiss. The reason behind that beer was my uh, one of my business partners was in Aussie and he'd seen a beer similar to that and he's he's like, we've got to make that beer. And I'm like, are you crazy selling a red beer in Kelowna, man? And he's like, trust me, I know booze, man. People will, people will crush it. And uh, so we went for it and luckily we had that idea in place. We didn't really have the technique in place, but mm-hmm. luckily James came in at the right time, mm-hmm. showed us how to do it and pretty much knocked her out of the park first batch and mm-hmm. away we went. So is uh, it your number one selling beer? or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they all sell very well. It's just mm-hmm. it seems to have that kind of – it's the beer that kind of like I guess stood us out straight away yep. in the market. Yeah. Well, here, it's a so. completely different color than everything else. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and then what have been some fun projects that you've brought in in terms of beer Yeah, style? the great thing about working here is uh, they've given me quite a bit of leeway to experiment. When I first got the job, they obviously were like, well, we need these four beers. And then after that – whatever you can sort of come up with so it's uh it's been great i've been sort of experimenting with a, a lot of new hop varietals um and fruit as well obviously uh, we've been smashing out quite a few few fruit beers which is sort of the big draw for me to come to the okanagan in the first place was no shortage of fruit the accessibility to local fruit as well as access to wine barrels to me, it seemed like probably one of the best places in Canada to make beer. Here in Prince Edward County, I would say would be would be the two spots. Been doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, well, you tried, mentioned you mentioned wine barrels. Have you done anything with wine barrels? Uh, yeah. Well, we did uh, two uh, uh, projects with Dave from Tantalus, uh, one of the owners. And uh, the first one we did was a Riesling Kolsch, mm-hmm. uh, which I mm. quite enjoyed. So we used some of his old vine Riesling grapes and just uh, let them ferment uh, with um, a basic... German Riesling Kolsch, and uh, it turned out quite popular. It was pretty interesting that we ended up doing two batches. Uh, the second batch was a little bit funkier because the grapes had been sticking around. Mm-hmm. You know, a different character that was quite enjoyable. And then the second one we did was a uh, uh, Syrah Saison. So we used some late harvest Syrah grapes and uh, put them in with a, a sort of a new age uh, Saison. And it, it worked out pretty well. You got some of that spice character. The idea of trying to be to replicate some of the flavor profile mm-hmm. of a Syrah, mm-hmm. but in a easier drinkable, lower alcohol beer. And uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, some people have said they've enjoyed it too. Uh, but, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I think I, I like. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I've liked. Yeah, hey, it was I've, mediocre. I've definitely, I've de- <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, uh, I've enjoyed all the beers. I would say that. Um, you know, I, I think that those those grapes were slated for ice wine grapes, and mm-hmm. this, the 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 freeze didn't really come this year in time for ice wine. Right. So it was late harvest. So we're kind of hoping that this year we get the freeze a bit earlier, so we can right. get those uh, 
get that nice, um, you know, fresh snap. Like but I mean, frozen. it wasn't bad. Oh, no. No, 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 no. When you sit here every day drinking beer and tasting through things and, yeah. you know, tasting it as it ages, you're always, you're always trying to like push and sort of see what we could do next. So. Right. So, yeah, it's nice to, for them to sort of give me the leeway to just be like, well, here's a beer I've never made before and let's uh, hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> and you only get one chance a year to do it because right. grapes only come around once. So uh, yep. it's going to take uh, a few years to perfect it, I think. But uh, so far, we're on the right step. Well, and then, like, you're really at the force of nature at the point, you know, like, yeah, they don't freeze correctly. Mm-hmm. They don't, you well, know, like, yeah, in this case, it was actually our benefit because, uh, you know, the winery couldn't use it. So we, we uh, yeah, exactly. swooped in there and yeah. <laughs> try sleeping. Before the before the before the deers and the birds got in there too yeah, deep, exactly. so. <laughs> right? So, uh, like going back to the opening, uh, how was how was that opening week? Like, what was the response from the community like? Amazing, man! Like this has um, been it's like mind blowing, really. Like when you come like out of a like essentially you come out of the shed and then you're deep into like the organizing phase, and you know there's a lot to do to open a brewery. You know, you don't just say open a brewery and then you know. Clap and then it just happened. Yeah. Clap your hands out. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Um, luckily, I've got a really uh, amazing team um, of uh, investors around me and, and business partners um, who are all are still hands on to this day. Actually, lots of them get like, they're getting involved right now and trying to organise a uh, trying to organise a one year anniversary party. And um, you know they're they're involved. They're always there for me to call and stuff like that. But they also have a lot of uh, influence, I'd say, in the valley. So I think that didn't hurt us also like we brought on nelson as a business partner who's our chef here mm-hmm. does a lot of amazing stuff and he's got a really strong following in the culinary community so um yeah we really hit the ground running in a big way so it was uh, it was pretty mind-blowing man like yeah yeah we had lineups out the door the first probably three or four weeks that we we opened so, so yeah it was pretty rad. out of beer it was touch and go it was go. so yeah those were some quick turnarounds on those brewers, that's for sure maybe could have used a bit more aging time but uh you do what you got to do. All right. So good. So what's uh, what's the plan for the future here? I mean, it's only the first birthday coming up, but, uh, you know, what what is beyond year one here? Yeah, I don't know. I would say, like, the big thing for us is, like, Kelowna being a seasonal town. Like, you know, everything's great in the summer and everyone's here and, you know, it's, it's everyone's frolicking around in the Okanagan sun and thirsty and excited and it's really uh, – it's really cool that we uh we noticed that big downturn in september through to essentially february but we hit package product on the beer side of things but we made it through you know we we, we we made it through things went well we went fairly heavily into the packaging now we've had to retract that a little bit so i guess our our focus is keeping that the quality of the beers is one thing and then some slight expansion with the tanks we've been doing some stuff with some other breweries in town here um that might lead to something for us um but we'll just kind of like keep you know, rounding ourselves out and we're still working it out, you know, I'm still, uh, but, but also there's lots of development going on too in the neighborhood yeah, too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like this could be a completely different vibe in a year or two, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Future is unwritten. Yeah. 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 Uh, so in terms of, uh, both of you move into Kelowna, what drew you to Kelowna besides beer? Like, uh, like what do you enjoy doing here? It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, the weather, uh, to me was the, the, I, every time I came here, it was just hot is hell and dry and it felt like paradise and i didn't know whether it could be this good in canada mm-hmm. so that was the main driving factor and it's just it's scenic it's absolutely beautiful uh the people elect a decent government um and ontario is just it's getting a bit more challenging to live there it's just uh constantly in traffic you know rat race kind of place and so i was looking for a, a bit of a different vibe 
And um, this town definitely has it, as, as does all of BC. So it's, uh, I don't know, I would recommend everyone to move here. Um, for me, to be honest, I came here in 06 on a uh, three, it was stop one on my world tour. Um, so I ended up here, I was supposed to be here for three months, sorry, and I've uh, ended up meet, met my now wife and uh, yeah, it's, I'm still on my way. Apparently we might be doing a trip to Europe this year, like, so it's, I think, what is that, 13 years later? So. <laughs> You'll finish yeah, your long day. It's like, yeah. you know, small, slow steps, but yeah. I mean, it'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in terms of like uh, tourist attractions and stuff for when people come to visit you, what else can they do in the local area here? So I, uh, first thing I usually do is uh, I live across the street from uh, Knox Mountain, so I usually take him on a hike up there, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. You can see the whole town, throw him in the lake afterwards, um, unless it's the wintertime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could still be fun. <laughs> yeah, I really think that like a lot of people, like I came, when I came here in 06, Cologne was a different town for sure. Um, it was probably still moving out of its like kind of more like a small town it was sort of like coming of age i would say there was a lot of established wineries and stuff at that point and there's and it seems like the quality of the region has like definitely drawn a lot of good winemakers cider makers there's distilleries popping up um it seems like it's you know it seems there's a tech division there seems like there's a lot of like cool stuff going on here um for people to move to um but besides that you know i would say like you know, it's obviously the lake, the big whites up the road, Silver Star, mm-hmm. um, multi, multi-sport, multi-season sport places. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff to do and lots of cool beer to drink in town. Yeah. There's lots of breweries popping up, man. Seemingly a developing arts and music scene as well. The local bands are pretty fantastic. And there's also a lot of great local artists as well. I guess it's a little more affordable to live here than it is Vancouver. Uh, so, and... Might as well take advantage of that. Yep. Uh, and if uh, somebody was wanting to go down the path of opening up a brewery with themselves, what would be some advice that you can give them? Get a good group of people around you who are patient mm-hmm. and can understand when you go over budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say the big thing is it's like... It's, it's Money and patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's like... Uh, to me, I, I kind of enjoy that. Like, you know, we've got a fairly large um, investor group, you know, but it all comes from a place that we're all people from Kelowna. We could, we knew what we could bring to the scene if we did it right and we mm-hmm. knuckled down and worked hard and got the right people on board. Uh, yeah, it probably doesn't make the greatest amount of dollar and cents, but if you want to do a cool project, I think bring a lot of cool people together who have the same vision and just... You know, have have some patience. Like you know, working with the, especially if you're going to do it in BC, like the governments. You know, they they they've got a lot on their plate, man. So it's like, it is what it is. Try and time it out. You know, in a place like Kelowna, it's seasonal, so everyone's antsy to get it done by summer. But you might not make that summer, right? So it's like, I just I'd say try and get that financing. Try and get that financing in place, and just a good and a good group of good group of people around you who can kind of like understand. And then when you make a phone call to say, "Hey, man, like I got to get you down here to dig this ditch out. Those pipes actually going the wrong way." When we actually dug the floor up, and everyone is down here within forty five minutes, five shovels digging stuff out of the ground. It's pretty rad. So yeah. that was that would be my advice. Make sure you hire someone who knows how to make beer. It's <laughs> fairly, amazing, fairly it's amazing how, or or like a winery, hire a good winemaker. Yeah. It's amazing how it seems to be an afterthought for a lot of these people. Uh, coming, <laughs> what is it we do again? Yeah. Coming from Ontario, it seems like there was a lot of vanity projects where people would just contract brew so they could try and go around and tell their friends that they own a brewery when they don't. Mm-hmm. And they would just you know put out a lot of subpar product because I don't know if they ever were that interested in it. They just needed something for their egos. But uh, thankfully... Uh, uh, these people here love good beer and are 
capable of being very critical of it mm-hmm. and are constantly trying to push it to be better rather than just, you know, being like, oh, that's good enough. Let's just puke out that crap because it sells. Uh, it's it's not the attitude around here. They're constantly pushing me to try and make a better product. Well, then what's the point, right? And then, yep. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's got to be a thing of passion and it's got to be real. Yep. Otherwise, you'll just be like all the other mediocre breweries out there. Right. And then uh, on that note, like uh, what'd be some advice uh, for somebody to make better beer? Uh, first thing I would say is use uh, real yeast strains. Uh, the One of the biggest things that I've noticed a lot of breweries is that uh, they oh, haven't really ventured past like their, almost their homebrew setup. Uh, the guys in Guelph Escarpment Labs are a fantastic yeast company that we have now in Canada that, you know, they isolate and produce their own strains and their own blends. And having that ability to order fresh liquid yeast without it having it caught at customs is a huge yeah game changer i think uh, as more brewers in this country uh, start using their products and you know other people like them you'll notice a significant improvement in, in beer quality across the board for sure um, and then you know just spending money on actually having you know a good ph meter uh, and you know a good crew of people so that people aren't getting burnt out because uh, it's hard to make good beer when you're working too bloody much yep. uh, and i've seen that happen to a lot of friends in this industry mm-hmm. and it's it's it really kicks a sh- of them and you see what started off as a great brewery sometimes can can fall apart after the, the third year because people have been working too much All right well cool gentlemen thank you so much for your time yeah, oh thank you very much man. it was good to uh, have you here and please uh please come back again soon oh i definitely will huge thank you to james and matt it was great hanging out with those guys i'm um, actually uh on my way i was kind of doing a trip around the province at the time and uh, ended up spending an extra night in Kelowna on my way back home and uh, got to hang out with them again. And that was really, really nice uh, getting to know those guys and hang out with them. And of course, drink their absolutely amazing beer. So can't wait to go back and uh, check out them again next time I'm in Kelowna. If you enjoyed this episode, I sure hope that you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app and that you tell a friend because it really helps support this podcast series. Big thanks again to the BCL Trail for making this episode possible. Visit them at bcltrail.ca. If you want to follow this podcast series online through the social medias, you can by going to facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. I'm on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and I'm also on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. You can also check out the website at Cascadian.beer. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Until next time, remember, support your local.